What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby, and today I'm flying solo, but we still gonna keep the conversation going. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can do so at Building Our PWR. If you'd like to donate to what we got going on, you can do so. Link is in the description. We had two uh, very generous donations this week. Also, we had somebody uh, that you know we're gonna get in contact with, and they wanna uh, join us in some of the work. You can too. Link is in the description to do so. Um, I think that's all of housekeeping. Oh, we have a GoFundMe in our description uh, from for a pre-K teacher in Memphis who has recently uh, become homebound over during the COVID times. And uh, she's trying to get a ramp for her house so she can go to and from her doctor's visits. So if you would like to contribute to that, you can do so. The link is in the description. All right, guys, uh, today I'm going to do a little bit of reading, going to do a little bit of theoretical stuff and talk about it. Um, as you know, we love our Manning Marables. We love it, dude. Um, so in the book, of course, uh, How Capitalism Underdeveloped Black America, uh, at the very end of the book, uh, he starts to talk about solutions. Uh, chapter 10 is called Conclusion Toward a so Socialist America. Because uh, pretty much, obviously, after all of the stats, after all the data, he's pretty much like the only thing that's going to get us to an equitable society, get us away from white supremacy and sexism and all this stuff is a socialist society. So he has a 10 point of 10 points of departure, uh, which may provide some tentative suggestions for social transformation. So these are some 10 suggestions he has. Um, or, you know, some, some strategies we can take and, and things to consider when we're thinking about, you know, organizing and creating this society. He says, any authentic social revolution in the United States must be both democratic and popular in character and composition. A majority of Americans, black, Latino, and white, must endorse socialism. By this statement, I do not imply that a majority of Americans will become socialists or Marxists. I mean that a clear majority of American people with a large base in the working class will support the general program of socialist construction. That expression of support may be electoral, but it should not be interpreted narrowly by social Democrats to mean a constitutional majority within the elected apparatus as it now exists. Visions of a revolutionary black radical feminist or Marxist president of the United States are illusions fostered by the implicit acquisition of the logic of the bourgeois democratic process among some American progressives. So pretty much what he's saying is common sense. I mean, we ain't going to get nowhere if, if the people ain't on board. And uh, they don't even have to, as he said, subscribe to... Uh, the ideology, which, I mean, that, that has me thinking about, obviously, uh, the Black Panthers. Of course, they themselves inside the party were very, you know, ingrained in, you know, Marxist, Leninism, Maoism, and all that stuff. Um, and they did do a lot of teaching and political education, but a lot of people didn't, they didn't know all about that. They just knew that they were doing something positive in the community. And... If they were able to mobilize, if in another alternate universe, if they were able to mobilize and they were like, hey, we're trying to do this thing, there's no doubt in my mind that, that black people from everywhere would be on board because they know that these people 
I might, they might not know everything, but they know that they're about change and about making lives of, of working class people all around better. Okay, the second point I really don't agree with, you know, we're talking about uh, electoral politics. Even though at the end he does say the Democratic Party uh, will not be a necessary and constructive activity in the building of an anti-corporate consensus, but he says maybe. So I think at that time, I mean, there was the Reagan administration, there might have still been an inkling of hope that a progressive could go through there and get a couple policies done, but we're past that. It's 2022. That's never going to happen. Scratch that off the list. So I'm skipping to number four. <laughs> uh, a long and painful ideological struggle must be mounted by co- progressives to create a counter hegemony essential for socialism. Every aspect of the capitalist civil society, educational institutions, the church, the media, social and cultural organizations must be undermined. This quote war a position to use Antonio Gramsci's concept, must be viewed as a development of a popular, quote, historic bloc or a revolutionary social bloc, which is compromised of all progressive forces of divergent class and racial groups. Women, blacks, Hispanic, trade unions, Native Americans, anti-nuclear energy groups, environmentalists, anti-corporate populists, socialists, communists, community and neighborhood associations, etc., A common program among these divergent forces would not be an informal alliance or a temporary convergence of formalities as in a classical popular front. It would become the crystallization of a mass revolutionary bloc which would explicitly call for the transformation of the system as it now exists. It would wage a war of position for state legitimacy, for the majoritarian mandate to overturn the state. With its structured forms, the embryonic models of what a social society will look like would be developed. Okay, so pretty much he's saying that, you know, across all the lines, there has to be some type of camaraderie. There has to be some type of uh, uh, collaboration among uh, all of these progressive, uh, quote-unquote, leftist groups. Um and I agree. I mean, ultimately, in the in the end game, this isn't going to be ran by one uh, niche leftist group. It's, it's going to take all of us. Um, so, I mean, that is really, that really is the challenge, though, because as we know, there's lots of people who claim to be leftists. There's a lot of people who agree with leftist ideology when it comes to majority of things, but their politics still is like, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. And it's not even nothing that I can look past. Like you're just racist or you're just sexist or you're just, just, uh, -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. So yes, there's that. And the only thing I can say to that is that's why as far as the racism is up to the white leftists who know better to get to work educating those people. For the man, the cis-hit man that know better, it's up to you to go and educate and get these folks together. So that when it's time, we, the most marginalized of them all, am not are not up here spending all this energy educating folks on on one-on-one stuff 
So let's get that together, friends. Let, let's try that. Um, okay, number five. The immediate and preliminary goal of this historic block would be the achievement of non-reformist reforms, which can be won within the present capitalist state. These would include, for instance, the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment, abortion rights, anti-discriminatory legislation against gays and lesbians, strict restrictions to halt plant closing, affirmative action, massive job training programs, universal health care, the abandonment of the nuclear power plant construction, and so forth. The successful achievement of these legislative social economic reforms does not create a socialist society or state, but combined with legislation which restricts the legal prerogatives of private capital and a mass mobilization of popular forces in the street, as well as in the legislatures, it will create the social and material foundations for a logical, quote, alternative to the bourgeois authority and hegemony. Throughout this initial process, a transitional program must be devised to divide and, quote, win over proletarian sections of the coercive apparatus of the state, such as working-class volunteers within the armed forces, the essential base of the historic bloc, however, must be the working class and not the petty bourgeoisie. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is definitely 2020 because uh, a lot of stuff already get passed. <laughs> a lot of stuff already get passed. And look at where we at right now. The people that are crying fascism, is it, it, it's taken over like never before. So I think one thing that was kind of missed was the fact that Okay, he wants he wanted that the leftist groups to be over all, over all these things and championing all these things, but the thing about it is, the government is not going to pass anything. The government is not going to let anything pass at all that is not going to give them some type of capitalist benefit in the end. I don't care who's in there; it's not going to get done. You can't go over there and put people's hand on the paper and make them sign the paper. It don't matter how many of us are in there. And so, personally, I mean, this is my opinion. I'm not as smart as this dude, but it it was a little naive. It was a little naive to think that, you know, these things would even bring change. Because, I mean, look at this. Most of the stuff, it gets, it gets, even when it was passed, now it's getting rescinded anyway. So, yeah, and I think that's, that's the, uh, the trouble, because I'm even leftists and stuff I see now, it may be communist, they may not be like, vote for the Democratic Party, but they still like, oh, well, we need to get in the Green Party, we need to organize, and it's like, for what? I think that's really what my thing is, for what? You're organizing all these people to vote for the Green Party for what? All this time that you were organizing all this stuff, you could have been helping people. Like, you're doing all of this so that you can get into this bourgeois institution and maybe get a, a, a corner, an inch, a crumb of something passed when you didn't spend all this resource and all this time that could have actually gone to materially helping people in the community. Like, I feel like that, that can be a problem, and I feel like that's what happened here. Um, but, you know, we learn, we learn what we can. You... You, you eat the fish, what they say, you eat the fish and spit out the bones. Okay, uh, point six. Progressives can only succeed in constructing the historic block if they articulate their demands in a popular and historical discourse, in a language 
readily accessible to the majority of American workers and non-white people. This is not an issue of, quote, public relations. The symbols of the American tradition of struggle from past generations must be planted deeply in the socialist praxis of the future. Thomas Paine's moving essays, which denounce British tyranny, must become our contemporary anti-imperialist vision. Frederick Douglass' belief in the humanity of blacks and women must become our own worldview. Ida B. Wells' courage in the face of the Memphis lynch mob must become our inner strength. Osella's fierce determination to fight for the perseverance of the Seminole Nation must become our will. The, quote, other America of Nat Turner, Malcolm X, Fannie Lou Hamer, Eugene V. Debs, Sojourner Truth, and Harry Bridges must be the historical starting point for our fresh efforts to build a genuine people's democracy and a socialist economic system. We cannot create a revolution in the United States if we mistakenly view the enemy as Reagan alone, or all males, or all white people, rather than the state. In the midst of another social revolution, Amilcar Cabral observed the people of Guinea-Bissau, quote, criticize Salazar and say bad things about him. He is a man like any other. But we are not fighting against Salazar. We are fighting against the Portuguese colonial system. We don't dream that when Salazar disappears, Portuguese colonialism will disappear, unquote. The Boggs made the same observation somewhat differently. Quote, a revolutionist does not hate the country in which the illegitimate and oppressive system and government continue to rule. Far less does a revolutionist hate the people of the country. On the contrary, a revolutionist loves the country and the people, but hates what some people are doing to the country and the people. Okay, I feel like this is going to be a critique uh, thing. But <laughs> before we get into that, the first part, 1,000%. We preach that all the time. We preach that all the time. What's the point? What's the point in learning? What's the point in reading? What's the point of educating if don't nobody know what you're talking about? If can't nobody understand what you're saying? If it don't hit home for nobody? It's supposed to be for the people. Like, if the people don't understand, I feel like you're just talking to yourself just to talk. Um... Okay, so here's the cringe part. Okay, what the world? Get Thomas Paine out of here. Um, and the part about revolutionary, a revolutionist loves the country and the people, but hates what some people are doing to the country. That doesn't work for America. That just doesn't work for us. This this entire country, the the very first footstep of Columbus, them and 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 it, all the the pilgrims and everybody. As soon as they said this is going to be America. And they were over there uh, massacring, uh, doing genocide and raping uh, the indigenous people of this, this land. That You can't love this country. You can't love this country. This isn't, this isn't ours to even claim. So, yeah. I do agree with, you know, it not just being one person. It's not just the Democratic Party. It's not just the Republican Party. It's not just the president. It's the entire capitalist system in which this land stands. But even with capitalism out of here, we're still, I feel like it's still not going to be all the way uh, to where it needs to be because we're still over here making rules and doing stuff on stolen land. So, yeah. Um, that was interesting. That was interesting. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, I'm gonna do one more, and I I didn't I didn't know this was gonna be this type of thing, but we're this is good. This is good. This is educational, and uh, we getting somewhere, guys. We getting somewhere. Okay, number seven. Any common program or set of transitional demands developed by the anti-capitalist bloc must be based from the beginning on the basic contradictions contradictions which have dominated American political and civil societies throughout the 20th century. This program must be a uncompromisingly anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-corporate. That is, it must call for fundamental and powerful restrictions on the right of private capital. And it must promote the necessity for world peace and advocate an end to the escalating conventional and nuclear arms race with the Soviet Union. Support must be given to all legitimate national liberation struggles in opposition to any wars of imperialist aggression waged by the Western capitalist nations and their clients against the third world. The South African rights terror against the people of Angola, Namibia, and Tanzania. In short, the bloc must commit itself in theory and practice to struggle against racism, sexism, U.S. imperialism, and capitalism. The principal force for oppression in the world is not the Soviet Union. It is the racist capitalist state best represented by the United States and South Africa. Okay, I think that's a good note to end on because that actually made some sense. Um, of course, uh, the if the basis of your movement, if the basis of your ideology is not, how can the most marginalized in society live a better life? Like, I feel like sometimes when I'm getting caught up in the theoretics and stuff like that, I have to step aside and take myself out of the equation and take maybe any emotions or whatever and be like, who am I censoring? Like, I know, yes, I'm marginalized in a lot of ways, but I'm not, I'm not struggling. Like, I'm, I'm not outside. I'm not over here, you know, with only a piece of bread in the fridge. Like, those people should be in the forefront of whatever we do, the most marginalized. And then, for us, that's a trickle up. If we, if we prioritize the, quote-unquote, least of these first, then you already, you already on the right track. You already, you already setting yourself up to be creating something that's going to be equitable, creating something that's going to be you know, at least starting on the right track. Um, I feel like that's where people get off sometimes. It, it becomes about, uh, you know, well, we have to prioritize the people that look the best, respectability. We have to prioritize the people that can talk the best, the people that can represent us the best, the people that can debate the best, uh, all these things like that. And it's like, no. If, if you're not anti-capitalist, anti-racist, anti uh, patriarchal, anti any of this stuff, you are already on the wrong track. And that cuts out a lot of people. It cuts out a lot of people when you get down to the nitty-gritty because these people don't want to be those things. They don't care about racism. They don't care about talking about um, any other inequalities that don't center around white working-class people. So that's a good that's a good litmus test, definitely. Um, so, yeah, guys. That was just a little bit of reading from that book. There's a couple more points. I mean, it's it's a 10-point thing. I, I'm on number seven, I think. So we'll get back into that um, the next episode. But something else I was thinking about. This is really random. 
this is really random, but thinking about just being anti-racist, anti-capitalist or whatever in these leftist spaces, being a communist, anarchist, whatever. I wonder how many of these communist white men would be okay with a black woman, a fat black dark-skinned woman running the show. Not necessarily running the show because, you know, we don't want hierarchies, but at least being like one of the people that's like the face, one of the people that's like out here like organizing the people, a person that they have to say, okay, a person that they have to listen to, they can't run away from, they can't avoid. I feel like a lot of them wouldn't be comfortable with that. And so if, if we know that already, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do, guys. And I need a lot of us, of all races, of every degree, to, you know, kind of get our head out of the clouds and, and this uh, idealistic thing that the revolution is going to come soon. There's a lot of little kinks we got to work out before we do anything. Like, do we even have enough people to mobilize to shut down a bridge? Like, I feel like there there's certain things that need to be addressed first. But, guys, let me know what you thought about the book so far or some of the things that we I talked about. Uh, you can leave comments on YouTube or uh, Twitter or whatever at BuildingRPWR. You can hit me up at Gabby's Music, KT up at uh, KT underscore does art. And, uh, yeah, guys, if you would like to contribute to the work we're doing in that city, you can do so. Link is in the description. Oh, the, the garden. We got some tomatoes. I'm going to send a picture. We got a whole bunch of cherry tomatoes I'm going to put in the fridge tomorrow. Um, yeah. All right, guys. This has been Gabby. And this has been Building Our Power. <laughs>